0: Hello and welcome back to our devotions on the Psalms. Before I continue with the Psalms, I'd like to highlight again two events that are happening in our church and I will encourage you to go to the website and under events and look at them. The first is a three series talk on um, how to be a people helper. It's a very good and important aspect of the Christian life. Because we make friends, we care for people, and yet very often in our caring for people, we don't know how to really listen, how to speak, how to pray, how to encourage another person. This course will give us some handles as to how to do these things. This is particularly important as our church goes to reach out to the neighbourhood, reach out to other people, um, even to migrant workers. The question always on my mind is, what then? How then do we develop relationships? How do we, What do we do when someone then pours their hearts out to us? And if these are some of the questions that we have, then it will be good to attend this course and to learn how to be a people helper. The second thing that we are embarking on is the food bank. This is... Um, this is an effort to collect food, not only from our church members but from the neighborhood to rally people together to collect food so that we can distribute the food to um, those households that facing uh, food insecurity, that have not enough money to buy food. And I encourage you also to look up these dates. Now, when you come up to the other thing, of course, is that. Our room downstairs, Family at Agape, is now open and especially when you are attending the course on how to uh, be a people helper and you need lunch, we are providing lunch these three Sundays, um, just simple lunches where you go down and have fellowship, chat, get to know people and then eat your lunch and then go back for the talk. So I encourage you to prepare for that instead of going out to the food court for lunch. Come down to our level 1, have lunch together with us. Now for today's devotion, I want to touch on Psalm 12. Psalm 12 is about words, words that are corrupt, words that come from a corrupt heart, and words that are steadfast, that come from God, and how corrupt words often also may influence our thoughts about the importance or the lack of stability of words. So let's look at Psalm 12 and let us pray. Father, will you speak to us your truths? Help us to know that you are the steadfast God, that words are important to you, and yet they are steadfast, they are pure, your words are pure that our words also may become purified by You. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 12 Help, Lord, for no one is faithful anymore. Those who are loyal have vanished from the human race. Everyone lies to their neighbour, they flatter with their lips, but harbour deception in their hearts. May the Lord silence all flattering lips and every boastful tongue, those who say, by our tongues we will prevail. Our own lips will defend us. Who is Lord over us? Because the poor are plundered and the needy groan, I will now arise, says the Lord. I will protect them from those who malign them. The words of the Lord are flawless, like silver purified in the crucible, like gold refined seven times. You, Lord, will keep the needy safe, will protect us forever from the wicked. You who freely strut about when what is vile is honored. By the human race, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We have a love-hate relationship with words. Sometimes we honour and we put on very high, very high value on words. When we listen to a speaker, we say this speaker is very engaging. He's very humorous. He's a very good speaker. He speaks with great words. And so often then we look at the we choose our speakers. Or judge our speakers by how eloquent they are, how witty they are, how engaging they are, how interesting they are. On the other hand, we also have a lot of doubt about words. We don't believe very much about words anymore. We say, say only la Or we, we think that we have this saying that words are cheap. Let's see the actions. The reality is that human words come from corrupt human beings. In verse 1, it says, those who are loyal have vanished from the human race. Reminds us of what Paul says in Romans, there is none righteous, not one. The psalmist here is lamenting that there is no one who is faithful anymore. There is no more loyalty. It's all vanished from the human race. It doesn't exist among humanity anymore. The reason he says that is that everyone lies to their neighbor. They flatter with their lips but harbour deception in their hearts. It's as though our hearts are evil, but it doesn't matter to us that our hearts are evil as long as we've got good words, as long as we make you feel good, as long as we say things that are politically correct and flatter another person. It's as though these alone are good enough. The psalmist continues to complain that they are, they are those who say, Our tongues, by our tongues we will prevail. In verse 4, our own lips will defend us. Who is Lord over us? It's as though our words are supreme, that whatever we say should be believed. We see that in the era where there is alternate um, reality, that what is black can be described as white and everyone is supposed to believe it, and what is white described as black. So often, that is true too. It's not about what is right or what is wrong. It's about how we express it, how we frame it, how we say it. It happens all the time in our daily lives. We may have done something wrong, but as long as we stonewall and we keep saying, no, it's right, or we rationalise it, or we blame someone else, we use words to make what is wrong, right. And sometimes what is right, wrong which is why in verse 8 he says, when what is foul is honoured by the human race. Words no longer hold any truth. They may be believed. In fact, many of us believe vain words, foul words, lip words. We believe what a person says even when all that is said is untrue. First John chapter 3, verse 18 says, Little children, let us not love by word, but let us love indeed, let us let our deeds be seen rather than our words. How much weight do we put on words? How much how glibly do we speak of the gospel? One of the things that really pains me is when we speak very glibly about how God does this and God does that, and when things don't work out the way we describe God. Then we try to justify him, we try to hide the truth, we even silence our critics. It seems as though our words are the most important, that reality and truth is less important. But you know, this is one of the things then that I've often said to those I've encouraged to preach, and you know lately we're getting more and more of our members to preach, And preaching is not about eloquence, it's not about how interesting your talk is, how engaging, how how wonderful, how eloquent our preaching is. It's about sharing and bearing our hearts, opening our hearts to one another. And so preaching may be in its way a skill, and yet it is not a skill about how to impress people, how people applaud us for what we say. Preaching is about honestly speaking that which is true. And I want to encourage more people to come to preach, but not because they will be placed on a pedestal when they preach well or roundly laughed at when they preach badly, but that we may have a platform where we share and speak honestly from our hearts what our convictions are. That's what the pulpit is meant to be. In the meantime, we often preach, to glorify God, to glorify ourselves, and we get our motives all mixed up. Because to us, words seem to be the most important thing. But God has a different gauge as to the importance of words. It is a reality check. In verse 5, the psalmist says, Because the poor are plundered and the needy groan, I will now arise, says the Lord. I will protect them from those who malign them. One of the realities of life, or of words, is that often with our words, we hurt the poor, especially. We use words to manipulate. We use words to victimize. Just today I was reading in CNN about um, a senior management official from, from a certain bank who said that climate change, climate crisis is nothing to worry about. What a thing to say. Yes, it is not something to worry about, especially when you're rich, when you can afford to fly to expensive, safe places, when you can afford to use your air condition and live in relative safety. But the effects it has on the poor is very damaging. The the ones, the biggest victims of climate crisis are the poor. Where there is famine and the rich can afford to pay more for food but the poor cannot. Where pollution, the rich are are able to fly to a less polluted place or to hide ourselves in air-conditioned places, the poor are not. And often then it is the poor who suffer the most. With our words we could lie, we could say all sorts of things to justify ourselves, to justify our lifestyle. But when the poor are hurt, we know then that our words are wrong. How often have we said things to protect our interests, to justify ourselves, to protect our lifestyles and often it is also to hurt the poor and the needy. And God sees the reality of life, not the impressiveness our words. Our church could be saying a lot of things about the goodness of God, the love of God, the power of God and everything else. But if the church stops caring for the poor, stops not just giving to the poor but being fair to the poor, if our practices do not honour the poor and those who have less power, if we do not go out and help and share our resources with the poor, then we have our words are useless altogether. God cares for the poor and the needy, who are often plundered by the words that we use, the justifications that we use. Such is our God. He looks at reality. How often we have used rhetoric very loosely. We've spoken of God, of miracles, We've spoken of prosperity gospel. The more you give to the church, at the end of the day, the poor give all they have to the church. And the church people live in in luxury. It is manipulation and exploitation. We keep having to look out for that. That as long as we benefit with our words and the poor are hurt, then that is a reality check. For all of us. I need to check myself too all the time and I know that we fall short, I fall short. But we need to ask ourselves these questions how have we used our words to hurt the poor? But one other thing about God is that his words are true and steadfast. You know when we keep listening to words that are untrue, flattering words, blip words, useless words. We become very cynical about the Word of God as well. We say, yalla, the preacher always say like that, not true also. And we then begin to associate that with God too. God says a whole lot of things and he's not true at all either. That is a tragedy when we who represent God do not speak truth, but use truth to rationalize, justify our actions as well. In verse 6, the psalmist says, And the words of the Lord are flawless, like silver purified in a crucible, like gold refined seven times. Seven is a symbol of goodness. But just think of gold that is refined again again and again and again and again and again. Pure, pure gold, pure silver. Flawless are the words of God. The words of God reflect reality. They are not rhetoric, they are not just spewed out glibly. We need then to begin to test the Word of God, to ask ourselves, is God really faithful? Because when God is faithful, if God is really faithful, then we can believe in the words that He says. Not the words that us preachers spew all the time, but to search the Word of God, did God really say this? Is this what the truth of God really is? To test God, to ask, and to believe, then that when God says something, He means it all the time. We have a God who is sincere, who is true, whose heart goes out really to those in need. Those in need need not be just materially poor; they could be those who need of love, those who need in need of comfort, but anyone who is needy, God cares deeply for. And God doesn't depend on words alone. When He says something, He means it, but He doesn't just comfort or pass gloss over with words. He truly cares for us. One of the things then that I long for myself and for our church is that I speak less. As as James says, let each of you be slow to anger, slow to speak, quick to listen. Let our deeds speak louder than our words. That's the kind of church we should have. That our words are louder, that that our actions are louder than our words. Speak less, be quiet about the things that we do, but do it more out of love. That reflects reality. And so I pray then that over time we will speak a lot less, we will live a lot more, we will love a lot more. But you know, we also need to be very conscious of the fact that we represent God with steadfast. And more and more we need to be conscious of the words that we say. Do we utter promises that we have no idea how to keep or that we have no intention of keeping? Do we say things that will hurt, say things that are blatant lies while in our hearts we hold hatred and wickedness? How careful are we about our words? How much do our words reflect reality? Because the more our words reflect reality, the more the world will believe that our God's words are also steadfast and pure. Let us pray. Father, we too quickly use words. Use words to convince, use words to lie, Use words to win people over, to win fights and disagreements. So much so that we stop being self-reflective, stop wondering if we are right or we are wrong before we even defend with words, before we even convince with words to impress with our words. Father, forgive us because we've been too loose with our words. We've said many things that are untrue but simply to elevate ourselves or to defend ourselves or to obscure the things that we have done that are wrong. Father, teach us the importance of true words because you are God who is always faithful to your word and your word reflects your heart, reflects the truth. We thank you, Lord, then, that you are God who cares for the least of all creation, of all humanity, Forgive us for the times when you use words to justify our lifestyles that often hurt the most vulnerable among us. Help us, Lord, to be more aware of our lives rather than how we convince others of what we are and who we are. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for listening once again and have a great week ahead. God bless you. Goodbye.